0: All right, almost there. We started 10 minutes late, so we'll aim to have you out here by 22. What I want to try and do this morning is just to try and tie all of this together with a little bit of a focus on scripture and to just bring God's heart in all of this. Because it's easy sometimes to um, hear the things that are going on and to, um, like in some ways we hear of a lot of this stuff that happens anywhere, but we never want to get to a place of just uh, praising ourselves for this. We want to be able to rejoice in these things because it's it's God's heart. It's his heart. Global mission, the nations is his heart. And so all we're doing is doing the things that God has asked us to do, which is to love to make disciples of the nations. And so I just want to bring some scriptural focus into that really, really quickly this morning, as quick as you can. So I don't know what we do, but... Um, you ever be like reading scripture and there's just a verse of scripture that will just leap out of the page at you and it just like um, my my granddad used to use this language I I love it it's like it arrests you there's something about that verse that just grasps you well I was reading um, in Habakkuk recently or for Maddie and the Americans Habakkuk uh, uh, in Habakkuk recently and Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5, if you, if you want you can follow along with this, we'll be in this verse as the overall, but we'll do a bit of a biblical overview in it as well, as much as we can in 10 minutes. One, Habakkuk 1 verse 5, Habakkuk is the end of the Old Testament, come back five books and you'll find it there, it's one that maybe you're not so familiar with. But in Habakkuk, this verse, one, chapter 1 verse 5, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Now, just to give the context of all of this. That sounds really exciting. And whenever I read that for the first time, it's easy to get carried away. And you're, yes, Lord, what are you up to? All this sort of stuff. It's exciting. But... In the context of this story, things aren't as they seem. The world at that time is pretty difficult, particularly for the nations of Israel and Judah. And there's a, I would encourage you to go and read Habakkuk this week just to get the context properly and it all. I can't do it in 15 minutes. But what is going on here is in the disaster, in the cruelty that seems to be going on, Habakkuk cries out to the Lord. He brings his complaints to the Lord. And in that time, the Lord gives him responses. This is one of his responses. He says, look at the nations. When he brings the complaint, look at the nations. Look at what I'm up to. And then as he looks at the nations and explains what's going on, it's not this exciting thing. Again, I'm going to leave that as a cliffhanger. Go in and read it this week in Habakkuk. What it is that actually is going on in the nations at that time. But I guess what I want to get to in all of that is the heart, and all is that Habakkuk brings his complaints to the Lord, and what does the Lord do? By the end, this is the spoiler. By the end of chapter three, Habakkuk's heart has changed, and he's gained fresh perspective on what is going on in a world that is filled with disaster and cruelty, and what to the to the the fleshy eye would seem like God's not up to anything. In fact, it's just disaster after disaster after disaster. But yet God works in his heart and brings him to this place of rejoicing at the end. And that's what I want to sort of focus on this morning because I felt really challenged in that, in our world right now, to have that same posture of just sitting like Habakkuk, bringing our complaints to the Lord and asking him to give us fresh perspective on that. So I want to share a couple of things with you in all of that, that, as I've looked at this verse, I see that this is not just this verse, but it's a biblical context in all this. So point number one, God's love is for all the nations. He's looking at the nations of this. God has a heart, not just, and look, I, I, I love this country. I long for a move of God in Ireland. I pray for it daily. And I know that God loves our nation. He loves the North Coast, but he also loves the nations. Not one that's his favorite. He's a heart for all creation. And so what I want to try and do is show you that that's not just this one verse. That's something that's right throughout scripture. And so let's go quickly through this. What we see is in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission. What's to say? Go make disciples of all nations. We go into Mark, the next chapter, chapter 16. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, which is the first half of that series where Acts continues it. We go into Acts. What happens? Holy Spirit comes. Jesus says to his apostles, go be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Again, it says global focus in it all. But it's not just in this part. It's not just in the Gospels in the early part of the New Testament. Go right into the Old Testament. Uh, we heard an example of this in the Psalms from Dalway earlier but Psalm 96 verse 3 says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. And rather than just pick four out of that, I want to show you this again. I just want to hammer home this point. This is not just one thing. It's something that we see time and time and time again throughout scripture. And it's important for us to know this. Genesis 10, I'll give you what that is. It's the table of nations that happens just before Babel and just before Abraham's call. It's, it's all the Noah nations at that time. It talks about Noah's family line. You know what's happened? The, uh, the flood has come. It's only his family and through his family, all the nations of that world at that time. That's a list of them in Genesis 10. How many are there? Well, depending on your translation, either 70 or 72. Okay. Then comes Babel. Directly afterwards, where the people of all the nations have tried to work their way up into heaven. And what happens is God scatters, and all the tribes, all the languages scattered across the world. And then next chapter, Abraham arrives. And through this one family, through this one nation, would become the nation of Israel, all nations were to be blessed. That's what we hear and read of in Genesis 26. Where God says to Abraham, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. And as we go through the Old Testament, we see how this nation tries to be a blessing, but at time and time and time again, they fail and they get this wrong. And so the promised Messiah comes, Jesus. We get to the cross where Jesus comes. And through his sacrifice, this nation is opened up to the whosoever believes in him because of what he has done on the cross for them. And so this nation that is to be a blessing is opened up further than that. And so in Luke 10, when Jesus sends out his apostles, when he sends out his messengers, how many does he send out? Depending on your translation, 70 or 72. That's not a mistake. It's not a coincidence. It's meant to be there to show us that right throughout Scripture, the heart for the nations has always been there. So that when Jesus' message of good news goes, it goes to what? Through 70 or 72, that's representative of one for every nation. Do you get what I'm saying here? I'm not just to be a blessing for the nations, but in Acts 17 we read, For w- For one man he made all nations, from one man he made all nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would what? Seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. See, his heart was not just to be a blessing in the ways that we see here on earth, but for eternity was salvation, that the nations might return and be reconciled to him. And at this time, he is not not growing impatient. We're in this period of grace where he's, a, he's still given time. 2 Peter 3 says, His heart is that no one would perish, that none of the nations would perish. Hold that thought. Because we'll come back to that. And then we see the prophecy, the whole of scripture fulfilled in Revelation 7. When we read there was a great multitude before the throne. Every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Do you get this? It's always been his heart. It's always been his heart to have the, the nations reconciled to him. So that's the first thing we need to remember in all of this. We're getting there second thing out of this look at the nations he invites habakkuk come into this intimate relationship with me give me your complaints give me your concerns and i will give you fresh perspective but you've got to look at the nations and see what i'm really doing in this look with my eyes and i encourage us in all of this in this week in this time where we read of increasing wars and disasters around the world when we've come through periods of pandemics, when we hear consistently about this being the last days, let's look to the nations and see what he is up to, not our interpretation of it. And so I have felt like challenged to do this in the last few months, just to look at the nations. I want to give you three snapshots really quickly in all of this, one of which you'll have heard of this morning. In East Africa, This is Fields of Life where our team are heading out to. I encourage you to go And read the website this week. It fills the life, honestly. Over half the population of Uganda are are, uh, under 18. A third of them, and this is in East Africa in general, but that includes Uganda. A third of them will never make it to secondary school. One in ten of them will never make it past that. 34% of those young girls will be married before they're 18, even though it's illegal. In those countries, they'll be married before they're 18. Teenage pregnancy rates are rising. 22 million actually under 14 instead of 18. In Uganda alone, in a nation of 45 million people, 83% of them lack access to reliable, safely managed sources of water. And when we hear these things... What do we do about it? There's an organization, there are some people from here who are saying, okay, let's yield to who you are and to your heart for the nations and let's go and be a blessing in whatever way we can to make a little bit of a difference in all that. I love that. That is God's heart for us as followers, to be a blessing to the nations. Also in recent months, Tim and I have had a chance to go to Albania. You'll have heard some of the story (laughs) of all of this. I don't want to go over this again, but this is a country that for 500 years were under the occupation of the Ottoman Empire. That's the the Turks. And then after, about 100 years ago, just after the war, the communist regime, like a really strict communist regime came in. And that country became an atheist state. In In the constitution itself, there is no God. But what I love is when the nation opened up, one missionary got a heart to go to Albania and stayed present even in the civil wars in that area, that vlore that we got to visit. And what happened was God honoured that sacrifice and year after year after year, for the last 20 years, people have been coming to faith in Jesus. And the church has been growing there in a country that is 60% Muslim. That's what God's up to. It's amazing to see that with your own eyes. But I looked in a bigger context on this. You probably won't see these figures in this, but I'll email them out to you. The world tells you right now that the church is in decline. No, it's not. <laughs> I love facts and figures, okay? I'm just one of them sick freaks that loves data and all that sort of stuff. But you know what? Go and look at the figures. This is from Operation World. The evangelical population in this world from the 1970s has been growing. Do not have the world tell you that the church is in decline. Because the Lord is still on the throne and he is still moving. Why? Because he has a heart for the nations and he has a heart for people to be reconciled to him. His heart is that there would be disciples made of all nations and there is still time in all of this. Five minutes. So here's the challenge I want to bring to us in all of this. Because if God has a heart for the nations, he says, look again at the nations What happens inside of Habakkuk is is his heart is changed. I want to challenge us, myself, us, to have our hearts changed for the nations. And all of this. Oswald J. Smith, who's a Canadian pastor, says, We talk about the second coming. Half the world has never heard of it. Hey, half the world has never heard of it. As I looked into this, there's a fantastic website called the Joshua Project. Who have done a lot of work and research into this. I'll send this out as well. But basically, what you need to know, I find it like in 30 years from Jesus's resurrection, there were no like a third of the of the world as we know it now was reached at that stage. And now, 2,000 years later, there are 17 and a half thousand almost people groups in the world, and almost seven and a half thousand of them are unreached. It's not even superficially or minimally unreached. billion people in the world 3.4 billion of them are unreached and when I hear that this verse comes to mind these two verses Romans 10 14 to 15 but how can they call on him to save him unless they believe in him and how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent that is why the scripture says how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. That is the gospel of Jesus. I want to give you two examples to finish with on this that inspire me, that inspire me. And my prayer in all of this, okay, I know there's been enough challenge over the last few months around everyday mission and mission in Ireland and who might go and all of this stuff. But we need to have our hearts challenged on a regular basis to be more like us. The two stories to finish. I want to take you back to World War II, the time in World War II, where the enemy of the world at the time was Japan. Horror stories and much cruelty coming out of there that we heard about and we still, in history, would have recorded. And a few years before that, there was a young man who came to faith in Karnlock. and had this strange desire within his heart for the nation of Japan. And so he began to learn the language and asked of the Lord, what do you want me to do? And God brought him, his wife, Agnes, and together, both of them had a growing passion to go. And so they knew, they got to the point where it would be disobedient if they didn't go. And so they went, and even on their way there, as they went to Canada, people tried to stop them. They said, "Are you wise? You want to go to Japan? Have you heard the stories of there? But there, they had grasped God's heart for the nations and they went spent 37 years there and I encourage you to read their story we'll try and get I don't know if the books are still in print or not I have one anyway love you to read it I'm talking about Leonard and Agnes Mullen friends to many of you here grandparents of John Mark go read the book's called the God of my life really inspirational but also closer to home and in recent years There's a young girl who was part of this fellowship who developed a love for God and saw that she had a gift for languages. You know, when God, when we make ourselves available, just available, it's wonderful what he can do. God decides to take this young girl on a journey with him and she ends up in one of the most diverse countries in the world. 230 languages in Cameroon. And our very own Rachel Robinson, there right now, Translating God's word for people to have it in their own language. Why? So that they can hear the good news. I encourage you to look out for her updates. I always find them encouraging. She'll be back over the summertime. Please have a chat with her when she's here. And send her a message every so often. Just encourage her. Please at least pray. Like I say, thank you for giving me the time to go with this. I don't want it to feel heavy. There's a lot that's in there. But all I'm asking us to do is to simply earnestly pray and seek his face and be open to the possibility that he might... Act. Look, we're, we've seen it this morning. There are people who are going to the nations. I, I'm i just going to say it. I have a sense there's going to be more called to go to the nations. Why? Because there's still a lot of people who are unreached. Somebody has to go. Why not one of us? <laughs> So let me pray for us in that. Lord, we are so grateful to have hearts that are able to rejoice with Dave and Harps and Neve and the Uganda team and these young people heading off with Exodus and to read the stories and to hear from Rachel, to read the story about Leonard and Agnes and to be inspired, Lord, to take our place in your invitation into wider mission. And Lord, would you keep our hearts always on our local community and in our nation here. But for some of us, you may call us to go. And so I just pray, Lord, if anyone has a strange burning for a nation on their heart, that they would work that out with you. If they find that they have giftings that just seem to come really natural and are needed in a part of the world, maybe, maybe, you're just inviting them into this adventure with you. And so, Lord, through all of us, I pray that any seeds that have been sown this morning, that you would want them through the power of your spirit and that you would bring them to fruition, not for our glory, Lord, but for your glory. Because we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.